Catherine, how come? The chairman only wants people who will play the roles that he's assigned them. What? He wants a Lacus he can use, and he wants me to be a pet mobile suit pilot. <sighs> You're useful to him now, but he's not going to need you forever. And when he's finished with you, he's going to have you killed. You must come with me! Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam C podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. We're about to see some machines that are weapons of surpassed Metal Gear. I'm Tyler. As always, I was trying to think of something, and Tyler said something that made me think he was an idiot. My name is Zach. I mean, we don't always do a thing for this one, so. No, but usually I'm like, oh, I, I've got an idea, and then you will use it. For whatever reason, it's like every time I'm like, yeah, I think I've got an idea for an intro, you will say something silly that will make me lose my train of thought. So the problem is, because we always pointed out, Jeremy and I are the same person, and Jeremy always steals my joke, so I have to really quickly come up with, on the fly, a different joke. But I don't even do jokes on Gundam C Destiny. No, you don't. And that actually maybe makes it worse because then I have to go with my first joke. I'm like, oh, no, this was the bad one. <laughs> Just so everybody's clear, this is always really awkward when he starts talking to himself, when his two personalities start talking. It's weird being here. I mean, frankly, though, it's impressive, right? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. I feel like I should be able to market this talent, but I haven't been able to. Yet. I mean, you do two different voices in everything. I'm amazed Tyler's never showed up on uh, Jumpstart Weekly, except for he has. Yeah, talk that about is Santa true. Claus. <laughs> that one time when oh, Santa Claus was a hot chick. Don't think we're not doing volume two of that this year. Yeah. The secret is that in volume three, the anti-Santa shows up. That's all I know about volume three. <laughs> okay, I was going to ask for more details, but... uh, <laughs> that, that was just a weird volume. This episode is brought to you by us being tired, but we've never been closer from recording to release to Gundam Seed before, so we have to record. Also brought to you by beer, because we have it to try to help with the tired. Clink! That's how that works. I'm driving, so I'm not drinking. And I hate beer, so... Y'all can't see it, but the Colorado Brewers Guild every year does a pint glass, and this year's pint glass is the most radical bighorn sheep, I think, that has ever existed. It's got 90 squiggles, everything's hot yellow and pink. It's amazing. I'm gonna reveal something to you, Tyler. You can take a picture of it. I could, put but it on I, our Discord. But this this is me prompting audience engagement because people are going to be like, "Can I see that dumb pint glass?" Or they're going to have to go look it up themselves. Either way, we don't get paid. Yeah, either way, we don't get paid. But we, it's, we don't get paid for this anyway. It's fine. We kind of do. Yeah, we kind of do actually. Thank you. www.patreon.com slash last podcast. I plug this Patreon every page. episode anyway. <laughs> I know, but I don't listen to that. So fair. Sometimes there's a good joke in there. This week was not a good... Wait, I'm trying to remember. Did I have a good joke this week? No. No? Did you listen to it? Yes. I didn't have a good joke? Okay. I, 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 I only listen to podcasts I'm on, remember? We're watching Phase 36 this week, Atherin on the Run. 
Which is a shame we're doing this episode where we're tired and loopy because I actually think this is a really good episode. I actually quite liked this episode, even though I didn't realize this episode ended where it does. I think it's really yeah. good, too. Me and Zach both think that the next, like, in my head, the ne- nothing happens in the next episode because what happens in the next episode happens in this episode. <laughs> yeah, that in my head, that's exactly the same thing. But I think that's the mark of a good episode. It's got that seed building tension to pay off next week quality that Destiny is so desperately needed. Does it pay off next week? You'll have to stay tuned. That's fair. What did you think of this episode, Tyler, since you didn't voice an opinion? Oh, no, I liked it fairly well. I enjoyed mostly Atherin's hiding shenanigans. Was he sufficiently main character for you this week? Yes. Um, also, it, it took a twist with his Bond girl that I was not expecting. So yeah, I've been trying to hide that from you because it's a weird choice. It is, but I'm okay with that because I like Mayrin a lot. Spoilers. Me and Jeremy have actually talked a bunch of, about that because of my my misunderstanding and me forgetting how certain things ended up in Destiny. So I'm like, no, that's totally from the beginning. And then being like, no, no, I'm just an idiot. I wanted to ask what you think about Ray this episode before we go on and what you think about Ray in general. Because we've kind of led you speaking about trying not to spoil stuff to the idea that Ray is evil recently by pointing out his Raul the Crusaderness. And I kind of think you might have I don't want to say jump the gun on that revelation, but here's the episode where I feel like he actually turns. No, the show has made it pretty dang apparent, especially with his handling of Shin. Constantly. You think so? Because that's also how he handled Shin at the beginning. He was always Shin's bro who was like, hey, I'll talk to him. I'll yes, deal with but this guy. And you really liked con- him early on. Oh, yeah, I did. It got increasingly sinister, especially ever since they got to that one facility that the uh, Extended were trained in. The one where Ray broke down and had like a panic attack. Which yeah. Is maybe the most sympathetic he ever was. And then we got a bunch of flashbacks to him hanging out with Crusade and Durundle. That's true. And I think like at that point, it started being suspicious. Gotcha. That's when in my notes, I started calling him sweet baby Ray all the time. But because I think that's about the time when he stops actually talking to Shin or pulling Shin aside for stuff. Like he said, yes, I'll talk to him about it. But then he never actually does whereas early on we do see him yeah he does actually kind of do it in the first few episodes and he's like the more like serious kind of team leader guy who's not actually team leader but he's kind of like the well he is team leader until Atherin shows up that's fair but he's like actually performing in that role after a while he just kind of starts being like shin's enabler i think the show has made that fairly apparent and obviously this episode makes that even more apparent all right so if, if you're just joining us now uh you shouldn't be this is like stuff is going on Although it's a good episode to start in, I guess. We have three main characters. Kira double Jesus Yamato. He died twice and got better both times. But currently his giant robot, his girlfriend, gave him his blood up. So he's sad. Although I guess technically he didn't die the second time because Shin wasn't good enough to kill him. Yeah, I mean, the show didn't even try to like make it seem like Kira was actually dead. What keepsakes does Kira have from Lackis other than the freedom? Well, that um, ring she gave him that she, he wears as a necklace. Her mother's wedding ring. Did they actually establish that? I don't remember that. Yeah, because she gives it to him in Gundam Seed at the end. And he's oh, wearing yeah, yeah, it like yeah. a necklace. I remember. I don't remember him seeing him wear it at all in this? I don't think we've seen it in Destiny. Okay. They probably forgot about it. I didn't. I think about that ring <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Again, you, you know, you mentioned you think about a lot oh, yeah. of things all the time. And I'm like, how do you think of new things? Zach, I'm 31 now. I don't think of new things. I'm set in my ways. <laughs> and his ways involve a lot of Kirilakis. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I have Kirilakis Klein figures. That's it, all you need to know about a man, that's Zach. That's twice as many well, as Flay Ulster figures that I have. To be fair, own. I gave him one of them. Also fair, yes. Zach is the Ray in my situation. Atherin, I never betrayed anyone. Zala, he was a main character last series, and he got 
beat up by his boyfriend Kira, and so he didn't get to be a main character anymore. Now he's realizing that maybe he joined the wrong side and is considering betraying them. Is I don't even think he's necessarily considering betraying them, because he's not considering going and fighting for the other side or anything like that. And technically speaking, Durundle said he could leave anytime he wanted, so he's already got permission to leave. I was going to say, is Atherin actually just that, like, really interesting character from the last campaign they played that they decided to make an NPC in this one? And, like, we as the viewers of the show just got a lot of screen time with him because the DM really liked him? That only works if Durundle is one of the player characters, and Atherin is leaving because of that <laughs> player's actions. I thought we established that this one, like, they written it's like, alright, we're all going to reroll new characters, and the dude that played Atherin was like, but I really like my guy. No, no, it was the DMs playing with a new group. And he brought the player of Athra, and he's like, yeah, but I want to, if we're going to do that setting, I want to play my guy. And he's like, okay. And the guy who played Kira moved back, and he's like, yeah, let me get in on this. Look at these sweet tricks, noobs. So I'll 1v all you. Is Mir one of the player characters, or is she just no, an No, she's NPC? an NPC. I feel like she's a player character, so. Uh, th- so if Durundle no. is a player character, Mir's definitely Mir's a player the character. player character that can only make every song. Why are we like saying every player character instead of PC, like rational humans? Uh, because PC means computer. <laughs> yeah, she's just one of those players that she wants to be a part of the group everybody wants them to be a part of the group but they can only make like every third session yeah, you, which is why she keeps that's going me in i'm mir campbell okay gotcha yeah that's why she keeps going in and out and then there's shin i sunk your battleship oscar he uh didn't kill kira yamato but everyone thinks he did and so he got a shiny medal and he's gonna get a cool nuclear gundam from his president is his president senpai yeah uh <laughs> that's the rundle not jabril we will probably call him jabril at some point in this episode but it's the rundle he's the president of space he's totally trustworthy and that's why he ordered shin to kill kira you can always trust a man named gilbert what other untrustworthy gilberts do you know of zach i don't know of any other <laughs> that's gilberts, so oddly specific then there's sweet baby ray he's gilbert's apprentice and he's trying to mold shin to be more violent and murder Kiriyamato real good. And also is maybe a clone of Raul Crusade. It, I'm not entirely sold on that, but they have the same hair. <laughs> and then there are the Hawk sisters. One of them is a cool mobile suit pilot that we wish could do cool things, but mostly she gets shot down. And the other one is sits on the bridge and Shin yells, Mayrin, sword silhouette! And she does it. <laughs> and we really like her. That's because they're both allowed to emote. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're allowed to have emotions other than rage. I've also noticed that both of the evil space presidents in Gundam Seed and Destiny are Irish. So, <laughs> yep, Patrick and Gilbert. <laughs> also, Zala, which is apparently an Irish surname, and Darundel, which is the name of a famous Irish sword. Can't trust Ireland. Can't trust space Ireland. Oh man, who would the villain in the Gundam Seed movie that never happened be? Probably <laughs> someone from Ireland. Uh, I was going to say, what's the name of Dr. McNinja, but it's literally Patrick. Yeah, it is. Um, what's his? It dad's would be Patrick Durundle, a combination Dan? clone. Yeah, it is Dan. Yeah, <laughs> Dan McNinja. <laughs> it had just been a, a combination of a clone of Patrick Zala and Gilbert Durundle put together. <laughs> Old Daniel McNinja and his shamrock, clo- his shamrock clovers, his shamrock shuriken. Man, that's hard to say. Clover shamrock shuriken. shuriken? Shamrock really. shuriken. Shamrock shuriken. That and actually. mode. Yeah, never mind. And now that- I use its effect. <laughs> Greenery! <laughs> no, the, the Neo-Ireland Gundam definitely has Shamrock Shuriken. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was thinking Shamrock Shuriken sounded like a different anime attack, and now I've already forgot. Oh, a Naruto attack. Yeah, definitely. So, But it also does sound like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. All right, I think that's everything you need to know, right? <laughs> so we are going to watch Phase 36, Athrin on the Run. You can watch along with us on Crunchyroll or Hulu or YouTube. 
I'm trying to th- I feel like it's a Tom Petty song that's got someone on the run. Band on the run. That's it's a, a Wings Steve- song. Oh, I thought that was a Steve Miller band. No, that's definitely uh, Paul McCartney and Wings. Huh. Well, I've been wrong about that for years. So that's also the song I was thinking of. Unless so. I'm wrong, which would be embarrassing. But I don't think I am. If I am, I'm old, guys, which means that I got a lot of my music off the back of an internet truck called Kazaa. <laughs> and the music was pretty good, but it never had the correct artist name. Like if it was a parody song, it was by Weird Al no matter what. Amazing. You were correct. <laughs> Apparently we listened to the weirdest cover Jeremy's ever heard on the it way down It wasn't that here. weird, but Five Finger Death Punch has a cover of, I can't even remember what it Gone Away? Yeah. Uh, the uh, Offspring song. Why? <laughs> yeah. Wait, isn't Gone Away by P.O.D.? No, you're right. Yeah, it is. That is a weird choice for them to cover, although they also did House of the Rising Sun, so I don't know. Don't I love Five Finger Death Punch, but man, they have some dumb ideas sometimes. I think that's why I love them, though. <laughs> I still love My Sharona by Hammerfall. I haven't heard this, and I need to very badly now. So we start with last time on Gundam Seed, and I just want to talk about the dub a little bit, because it feels like the Shin Asuka voice actor has given up for the dub. You know, a lot of stuff happened with his Japanese voice actor that we'll get to later, but he just sounds so like, and I'm here too. Like, I got revenge, Athran, <laughs> for you two. You almost sounded like a uh, Tristan from Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge. <laughs> and this, I'm here too, Athran. They started uh, just hiring a dude from Fiverr. Yeah, whereas like the person doing Lacus and Mir is killing it this episode. Both the Hawk sisters voice actresses are great. Shin just feels like he has given up. Also, I want to point out this poster that we missed last time as we get some Durundal speeching, which is 2016 world champion. And I just want to think about that because this takes place in cosmic era year 70 or 81. So it is not 2016. So is this a vintage poster from 2016 for the world championship of cyber? Whatever something? the hell that is. Yeah. It, it, from this distance, it does look like it says cyber power sex. And I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> not what it says. F- cyber force genetics. So, so these guys in their office just have this world championship poster from at least 80 years ago. Yeah. When does the cosmic era start? When people Th- there's no space? given date. So but it's like basically when people found the plants, basically. Yeah. Right. Yes, probably. Assuming that it works like Universal Century, and we should. So we see more of Durandal's speech. And actually, this would have been great if, like, Durandal's speech was just over this front of the episode, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of the big chunk that it took last episode. Because I feel like we got the entirety of it just from this. Yeah, we kind of do. We get the important bits, at least. We definitely get a bunch of mansions being invaded. Lord Jabril Durandal running from his secret basement evil cat lair. Yeah, we forgot about Jabril. He's the president of evil. Imagine the worst James Bond villain, but imagine he wasn't even played by Christopher Walken. I was going to say, imagine he's Nicolas Cage from Lord of War, except (laughs) more incompetent. Except for, I completely agree with Roger Ebert on Nicolas Cage, which is to say, Nicolas Cage in a good movie is a great actor. Nicolas Cage in a bad movie is an indispensable actor. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think the problem is that Nicolas Cage is indispensable far too frequently for the good of his own career. I kind of like Lord of War. It might have just been the mood I was in when I saw it. I think actually Lord of War is a fairly well-regarded movie, so I've never seen it. Ah, okay. I watched Not the Bees last night, just on a whim. I'm sorry, is that the name of an actual movie? No, no. Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage. Are you? Oh, okay. I have not seen Wicker Man. There's a deleted scene from it where they pour a bunch of bees in it, like they put a cage around his head and pour bees in it. And he's just going, not the bees, not the bees. We also get the scene of Ray making sure that Shin's okay with fighting anyone they need to for the chairman's will. And he's so determined about it, he crushes a coffee can. And by a coffee can, I mean a like soda can filled with coffee like they have in Japan, not like a Folgers 
they have those in America too. It's usually cold brew, but well, I I'm allergic to coffee, so are you? No, no, <laughs> I believe it. You're just morally opposed to coffee. Well, yes, but I don't want to get into. I'm Look, now the Discord's going to be asking questions. <laughs> I'm morally opposed to caffeine. Visual jokes don't work on the podcast. <laughs> don't do that when I start taking a drink. <laughs> And then we get sexy Atherin. <laughs> and that's the eye catch that is also the opening. So when the episode finally starts, Durundle's telling Shin about how the Destiny is the most powerful mobile suit ever made, surpassing the impulse and firepower, defenses, mobility, and Zack's most key feature, reliability. The mechanics will not hate you anymore. But the, you can be their ally. The <laughs> impulse was never... See, they say stuff like, oh, it's not reliable, and then they never show you it breaking down or having a problem. During that combining scene where it just goes... (laughs) 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 Something something fucks up. He goes into the legs, but he can't get in the chest, and there's a 404 error. (laughs) We must reboot the game. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's one of the biggest, like... That was one of the biggest killers was just breakdowns. So... These are brand new ass mobile suits. How long has this war been going on? Because my impression is like a couple months, maybe. Yes. From what I can tell for Zapped, they can magic mobile suits into the ether. Yeah, I guess my point is they were definitely developing these before what, the war, yeah, let's right? Let's be generous and say six months. They must have at least been on paper before the war, right? Yeah, but also they were developing goofs. And, and also, like, Gundam Seed Astray is a thing. I'm sure we could find out the development history of the Destiny Gundam. It was meant for Heine West and Flues. Was it? Yeah, that's a retcon, but yes. it was. Huh. Which is why every Destiny model kit that comes out has an alternate Heine Weston Flues colors, where it's just orange. <laughs> <laughs> Pumpkin Spice and Destiny. Honestly, I could also believe that they were operating initially from, like, the Freedom's specifications. This is very light spoiler, but there's further development work was done on the Freedom, at least in theory, so even if it was never produced... Interesting. Wait, are either of these nuclear-powered? Both of these are nuclear-powered. Interesting. It's weird that they don't mention that yet. They put it on screen at the end of the episode, if you want to look at OS. Okay, good to know. So, now they're breaking the treaty. They were breaking the treaty by developing new weapons, right? No, 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 there was nothing against the rules from that. No nuclear was the only actual restriction. There was also limits on the number of units they could produce, which was why they were developing the Zaku, so they could produce higher quality quality units. And also the GIF presumably, yeah. with its laser whip that would totally be useful, we swear. I mean, there are so many stock footage shots of it disarming rifles with it, so. <laughs> I mean, a whip would not be a terrible weapon in space. The problem is the range on that. You might as well just be shooting things, so. Well, that's true of any melee weapon. And that is true. And in Gundam, it's definitely the rule of cool, where you just get them all Well, like you said, a, a whip would actually be a pretty handy weapon in space, because yeah. you could use it to redirect yourself. Yeah, you yeah like it's got momentum, and it's got range, and you can throw it in literally any direction. <laughs> Shin is oh, very Shin. impressed. <laughs> Shin, and his Shin looks like a kid face. in a candy store. And Dren's like, on the other hand, the legend is an ambitious machine. It has a new dragoon system that even non-new types can use, which is good because we don't use that word in this series. Thanks to the Zero system, even you can pilot it, Athrin. Yeah, anyone <laughs> can use it. He says our arsenals worked without rest to produce these. I think that implies that it was done in the space of the war. I hope they worked with rest because otherwise there's going to be a lot of technical fuck-ups on those. That's fine. It was a bunch of coordinators that were genetically modified, so they don't need sleep. 
Just coffee. Immediately start the thing I up would and love the thing to be explodes one of those. because the ammunition feed was mailed. They had an ammunition feed error. Look, there's a problem with the Destiny we'll get to. It's not one of the Zach's problems either. It's a story problem with the Destiny. Like the story being inconsistent. Oh, okay. And so Doran's like, well, what do you think of my cool new robots? And Shin's like, oh my God, they're so cool. Again, this is one of those things where it feels like the dub uh, Shin just gave up. He's like, great, fantastic. <laughs> I'm like, a little sad I haven't been watching the dub. But... Atherin seems a lot less enthusiastic about it, which makes a lot of sense. And Mirror is like, uh-oh. Yeah, she, she's like, oh, wait, Atherin's not excited about this. I expected Atherin to be excited about this. Uh, to be fair, nobody could be as excited as Shin is about this. That is fair. So Durendal's like, yeah, we even made modifications to the Destiny with you in mind as its pilot. We looked at your combat data, and it turns out you were Zexmar keying, and your uh, reaction time is way faster than your mobile suits, I guess. So that won't be a problem anymore. You know, we never established that was a problem with you. You seem like the sort of angry person who would blame your machine for not being able to keep up with Kira, which is a perfect way to set that up. But we didn't. Instead, he just studied a lot. And the impulse seemed to be matching the freedom. Of course, the, like I said on that episode, the freedom spent most of its time just disengaging and trying to take non-lethal shots. But it is Durandal trying to prep up Shem. Like, yeah, your reaction speed is actually way faster than other pilots. And I'm amazed. You even took out that Kirayamato feller. Yeah, again, you must have been frustrated from time to time that the impulse at limits you didn't. And which was like, yes, that's expressed. a very common Gundam trope, but actually it hasn't shown up in this series. <laughs> yeah, like if they'd gone into detail with it, it would have been fine, but... And your machine is legend. And yeah. Atherin's like, yeah, fuck you. It's like, so what do you think? What do you think? What do you think of my cool triple six Gundam? You want some dragoons? You're a cool guy, so I'm sure you'll be able to handle it. And Shin, like, even picks up on, like, hey, something's wrong. And, and Atherin's not happy. And Mira, like Zach said, is completely in on Atherin's feelings. And Durandal's like, is something the matter? And he's like, so we're going to use these on Locus? Because war- that's what you said we were going to do? The war on the war industry? Yeah, so you'll, you'd use the fight against Logos in the war to end all wars. And Durandal's like, yes, I realize that it's ironic that everybody's made of iron and that I'm trying to war to end wars. But <laughs> I stole that joke from Red First Blue. Yep. that. <laughs> But it can't be helped because they refuse to listen to us. The reason for all wars, right? I feel like they have not given them any chance to parlay. They haven't. And then so Atherin comes back with the, but why did we attack the Archangel? Yeah. Like, they also probably want to destroy Logos. Seems like a thing they would do and want. And he's like, yeah, I realize that they brought chaos to an already chaotic war. Do not tell me it was orderly before that. Even though Atherin himself tried to make that argument. But we had the same intentions they did. They were the first ones who showed up when the destroy started destroying shit, remember? Which Shin kind of gives him a glare for, although he is right. I mean, Atherin is actually completely right through here. Why are you basically targeting people who want to do the same thing? And sort of why I was asking Tyler about Ray at the start is, I'm surprised we don't get any flashbacks to specifically Durundal telling Atherin he wanted him to call him out on anything he did that Atherin thought was suspicious. Because it really seems to me like Durundal and Ray took a turn in the writing room. And they weren't supposed to be quite as overtly evil. I think they were always meant to be complex characters and there was always meant to be friction here. Maybe it's just that they're bad at not writing their villains as mustache twirling now. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because he did tell Atherin, if you think I do anything that you find reprehensible, I want you to call me out on it so that you're not going against your own morals. Because like right here would be the perfect time to call him out for Mir. Yeah, I get the feeling that Talia never told Durundal that Atherin went and talked to the Archangel. Oh, we know that he did here. We've, there's proof of that he did in this episode. We also get a cutaway to Durundal being like, mm, yes, I got that information. Like, 
five or six episodes ago. Yeah, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I don't remember that. It just seems like this is the prime time to set up and show that Durundle didn't mean that, right? We get some flashbacks to some scenes like that, but without dialogue and not that specific one. So anyway, Durundle's like, uh, so why didn't they come to us, huh? And from our perspective, we're like, huh, why don't they go talk to the guy who ordered a hit on Lacus about why he ordered a hit on Lacus, who is also the space president who is bodyguarded? Which I think Atherin is thinking that same thing. Yeah. Because he's like, well, they didn't come talk to me. You had somebody go shoot at them. Of course they didn't come talk to you. And also, this is kind of childish anyway. It's not like Durundle made any attempt to contact them. He could have given orders to Atherin to try to. He could have tried to make contact with them, but instead he's just like, well, they didn't talk to me. Yeah. I told everybody in the world what I was up to. So why did they fight without attempting to come to us? Uh, you mean when they were running away from you and not fighting back? Well, I think he means before that. I think don't think he means like fight against us, but fight in general. So this is like, yeah, well, the, they're the famous reason, for switching sides. The reason why I was saying that is because he said, I, I'm sure I made my intentions clear, like, right before, like, he gave that speech and then ordered the hit on the Archangel. So it's like, so why didn't they come talk to me in the five nanoseconds in between those two things? To be fair, he then follows it up with a actually pretty good point. He's like, Gladys even gave them the chance to surrender. Which they did not do. Yeah. True, but they weren't, like I said, they weren't fighting back to begin with. Not really. And Shin is like taking kind of a reserved stance to this. I actually think this is a really interesting role reversal between Atherin and Shin. Not so much this part, but whereas like Shin is trying to get Atherin to not get in trouble, basically. I do like he's how I, he's about to say that's because you ordered a hit on Lacus and then looks at Mir and holds his tongue. Yeah. And she's like, the what now? Well, she realizes that what he was about to say had something to do with her. Yeah, and, probably because he looked directly at her. And, and here's where Durandal makes the real turn where, like, you can't really sympathize. And it was like, yeah, even Lacus came to fight with us. And Athens like, dude, you know I know that's not her. The only person in this room that thinks that's Lacus Klein is Shin right here. And why are we lying to Shin? Why can't we be adults? He doesn't have any reason to suspect we're lying. Well, in the fact that that's when Atherin literally realizes that Durandal He's pulling out all the stuff. Like, he's gone full heel turn. And Atherin even just, like, yells at him. He's like, you know I can't rebut you because Shin is ignorant. And this is where Shin, like, tries to step in. And I, like I said, I like this bit of role reversal. Because Shin doesn't know what's going on. And it feels like Atherin should just call him out on it. Because, again, what does Atherin care if Shin knows this is imposter? That's it. Atherin yeah. should have done a lot of more aggressive actions over the course of all of Destiny. So well, I think the reason why is because Atherin does have a deference to authority. As well as the fact that he's still uncertain of himself in all of this. And also, let's be honest, if he called Durundle out on this right here, Durundle probably calls guards and has Shin take him out. I don't know that Shin would take him out. That's a debate we can have. I, I don't know time. if but but the thing is, if, if Durundle ordered Shin to take Atherin down, Shin would do it. I don't know that he would in person. I don't think like Shin restrained him. I don't think Shin does anything. I think Shin looks like a lost puppy looking between his two dads trying to figure <laughs> out what to do. I like also that Shin has started to realize that Atherin has feelings that aren't just mope. <laughs> and like, this has only come out after Atherin punched him. I think it really is, though, that Atherin isn't certain of himself, especially because he thinks Kira's gone. Again. Yeah. Again. So he's kind of lost, and especially because when you look at it, he's 
probably blaming himself because Kira told him what was going on and Atherin refused to help. At the same time, he is definitely insulted that Durundal's like trying to use that. He's like, I know, you know I know. You said, yeah, that's not her. We all know. It was, Shin is the only one that doesn't know, like you said, Jeremy. And Durundal's trying to use this as an actual argument. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, I understand you're upset, but this is how it had to happen. And this is the world we have to deal with it. And then Durundal kind of goes into another TED Talk, which I think is much more interesting than the one he gave earlier. Do you have any thoughts on this speech by Durundal, Tyler? I thought literally nothing of it the entire time I was watching it. The first time I watched this series, I also thought nothing of it. You had no notes about it, so. Actually, I do believe I have a Durundal rolled an 11 on Persuasion, but he gets a plus five against Shin. (laughs) His favorite enemy. Yep. Durundal's a ranger, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Powering. That's why he's so many super robots. Durundal's a bard cross-classed into Ranger. I feel like Bard Ranger actually has a lot of potential. I think there's too much overlap and Ranger's too shitty of a class. That's fair. I mostly just want Animal Companion as Bard. So cross-class into Druid. Yeah, that's probably the better thing. Durandal gives a speech about how in the current world, nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows what their strength or their role in the world should be. I do like how we get a bunch of flashes through people, but we also end up with a couple of people who do know where their place is in the world, like Kieran Lackis and uh, Jabril, as weird as it is. Because Jabril knows where his place, or thinks he knows where his place in the world is. He's pretty confident in his place in the yeah, world. Yeah, he thinks he's on top of the food pyramid ladder. And then Durandal pulls out the Archangel, in particular your friend Kira Yamato, which again, does ruin the thought I had earlier that Durandal doesn't know who that is. Although, again, I've looked into more stuff about it and remembered some things, and I know exactly how Durandal knows about Kira. We also had that whole episode earlier where it's like, I don't know how these two met in particular, but I do know that that was a problem. Well, for Kieran Lackis specifically. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Kira's like the ultimate warrior, not the one who fights Hogan, but like, literally, (laughs) his skill set is that he's unmatched in mobile suit combat. I do know. And you should have known that before, and I'm like, fucking no. I kind of want a thing where Kira's now calling out Shin. Shinasuke! <laughs> at Gundamania! You, you may have defeated me at Hell in a Gundam, but at Gundamania, Kira Yamato is gonna go Jesus on you! Brother! You have to get at least three brothers in there somewhere. <laughs> I think you know what you're doing for the mid-spot now, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, you have to do the Shin rebuttal. I don't know if I have a good Hulk Hogan voice, but... Oh, no, Hulk Hogan is the brother guy. Never mind. The Ultimate Warrior is just yeah. the crazy guy yeah. who changed his name literally to that and had a comic book series about himself. Yeah, and tragically, we're making fun of him, so I should say, tragically died of complications related to um, concussions about three years ago now, I want to say. I don't remember when. It's been a bit. Well, we're still not entirely sure what those actually do to the brain yet. Uh, so anyway, Durandal's like, uh, I truly believe he was unfortunate. And Athens like, unfortunate? It's like, yeah, all the power. He was a... To be a warrior, he was unmatched in mobile suit combat. I do like how Shin has a reaction of like, dude, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets a little depressed. And, all. and we get a shot from Gundam Seed of like everybody of tall picking on him, basically. Care basically just being like, I do not want to be doing any of this. Yeah, but, but Rundle says that's like a tragedy because like clearly that's what he was meant to do. But look at how like, young Moo looks in that shot. What yeah. is this? <laughs> and Kira also baby. But he's like, because of that, he wasn't brought up to be a fighter. And so it caused him stress. And so he couldn't use his talents like the best possible way. And imagine if there was a world where he could. Like, who knows what he could have accomplished. If he'd used his great powers properly. Hmm. Maybe like ending a war between (laughs) two great nations. But then he pants like, after he dumped Lacus Klein, I don't know what he was thinking. Who would dump this? (laughs) Like, as he like moves to console her. And here's like, 
I don't remember this part of my backstory. <laughs> Pretty sure I was not briefed on this. She's like, what's what's Akira now? <laughs> yeah, first he kidnapped Orb's chief representative and then show up to help stop a battle. Well, he's like, and then he jumped to whatever battle he was, just shooting people. And like, Athern's I love how Athern's got a full on like murderous look on his face. And Mir notices it, which is great. I don't think Durundle realizes it, that nope. he's a couple of hairs breadth away from Atherin just shooting his ass. And he's like, yeah, did you ever meet Kira? She didn't, because she's not Lacus Klein, <laughs> but did you? And he's like, yeah, hey, remember how Kigali was all like, oh, too much power will lead to conflict? Well, he had a nuclear death machine that he would just, like, freeboat it around wherever he wanted fighting people. The rebuttal to that is he was literally not doing anything until people went and shot at his girlfriend. No, remember, he killed Heine. He also <laughs> killed Stella. Oh, wait, that was good for them. And then they edited him out. He's like, yeah, that's why I gave the order to beat him. I had no other alternative. I had to remove a powerful card like that from the field. What would have happened if Kira wasn't there? Would shouldn't have destroyed the destroy? I don't think he could have brought himself to, right? I, I think the destroy, like, he might have got, I don't think he actually talked Stella all the way down. Because, yeah, because eventually the Minerva, the Minerva would likely have shown up. And at, at the very least, like, the withdrawals, On the she o- probably starts shooting again. On the other hand, Kira doesn't take out Neo if he's not there. Which means Stella's mental state is in a very different place. Alternatively, alternatively, though, then Neo and Sting are there to zone Shin from Stella in the first place. Or Neo is able to to, to convince Stella to shoot at Shin because, like, she listens because she to doesn't him, know who he is, and she can listen to, and Neo can, like Jeremy said, more or less zone Shin off, especially in terms of like communications. So it definitely goes different. It might even be a Shin kills Neo thing, and then. Stella wants to kill Shin, and Shin wants to save Stella going forward. Which would likely lead to Shin getting killed, because without the freedom showing up to bail Shin out, he would have been killed. That actually sounds like a pretty interesting story, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of the way it went in Zeta Gundam, which is similar, but that ends with four kind of switching sides and then being killed for it. And Amuro's there. He's not there to steal the glory. He's just there to be like, well, shit. Once upon a time, there was this girl named Lala, and... (laughs) (laughs) That didn't end well either. I'm just telling you, I know what you're going through. And, uh, you know, keep an eye on Char. He kind of tricks you. So as Durandal's giving this speech about Kiranamato knowing who he is, we get flashbacks to him calling out Atherin on being Atherin. And he was like, if he'd known from the start, he could have lived a different life where he could use those skills. And Atherin's like, oh. He wouldn't have had to worry and suffer as if being shot at isn't something to make people worry. Well, his strength would have been recognized and he would have lived a happy life. And then we get shots of Shin like, uh, destroying that base and people like praising him for it and him like reveling in the attention and, and Shin even out of his like a happy life sir like what can you elaborate he's like yeah you know how much happier can one be than to understand what their talents are and what their places in the world and both to their full potential the one the person who wants peace more than anything else is the soldier anyway when the war ends that's the current of world i want to create you know where everyone's strengths in destroying battleships are fully utilized in the world of peace well, he says, if, like, the world's a place where everyone's happy, then there won't be another war. But that's Shin's only strength. Yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> and Turner's like, it might sound like a dream, but I want to see it be a reality. That's why I need you guys to fight for me. So, will you take the devil Gundam? Uh, Shin immediately is like, yes, sir. And Athrun's like, I don't think so. And Mir's like, ugh. Do you want to fight the Federation? <laughs> uh, to be fair, it's, it's not entirely the Federation, as we're about to find out. So we get some shots of a bunch of units being shipped here. Including a shot of some Wyndham's. Yep, we get to talk about them setting up IFF stuff, and there are approaching Earth Force's vessels. Object 729. Hey, look, it's Rambo. Yeah, Kasak so- is on here in an Earth Force's uniform. 
Apparently, he was working for a different nation or something. Orb got super drafted, and now they have to change their uniform. He was already, like, we never get told Kisaka is a spy, right? But that was kind of his function already. And we'll find out those are from Eurasia, the place they liberated, which is also where the Desert Dawn was, so he would have ties there. So there's no, like, given story on there, but you can kind of connect the dots for how he got here. Anyway, they're like, hey, cancel alert status. And then we cut to the Bridge of the Minerva, where Arthur, Gladys, and Bob are watching the Alliance ships come in. <laughs> like, oh man, who would have thought so many Alliance ships would actually like listen to the chairman and agree to come help us fight Logos? And Gladys is like, yeah, but it's making me nervous. And then Bob's like, yeah, we were basically programmed to shoot them on sight. And then <laughs> and Arthur, Arthur has the most Arthur line he has ever authored. I actually really like Arthur's line because it's this thing everybody's thinking. Yeah, if they all betrayed us at once, we'd be fucked. And Gladys <laughs> is like, God damn it, Arthur. Think for one <laughs> millisecond before you open your goddamn mouth. I love how he well, takes a sip of coffee before doing it, too. Well, I love his expression right after that. I mean, like I said, it's the same thing everybody's already thinking with it. And I couldn't help but think, you know, I totally fucking do that. All right, everybody, go pretend to change sides. And when I give the signal, everyone open fire. So then we cut the Jabril, who is actually Jabril and not the Rundle, at what seems to be an Earth Forces base. He's got this window into, like, the Captain America control room where everybody does the actual military work, where he just sits on a couch. And Glad's like, even if we succeed in destroying Heaven's base, I don't know if Logos will just fall. It doesn't seem that easy. That's not how anything works. That shot of Jabril made it look like he was sitting on a beanbag. Yeah, well, he's a Bond villain. A 70s Bond villain. Uh, so we cut just for a second to Zaft Cafe. The crew of the Minerva's all eating lunch. And Ray reports to the Rundle's piano room. He's like, Ray, my friend, how you been? Are you all good physically? He's like, yeah. Yeah, my clone pills are working. I heard you had a traumatic breakdown at the Ladonia Laboratory. I'm sorry. Uh, if I'd realized that would happen, I wouldn't have sent you in there. That does reinforce what we were saying before, that that must have come from Durundle that specifically sent Shin and Ray, yeah. as opposed to sending Marines, which would have been smarter. And he says, yeah, it's not your fault. I'm fine. Like, no I had no idea I'd react that way. Notice he's also on the, or on first name terms, yep. with the president of space. Yeah, which we've seen before. Yeah, yes. we know that. I guess this is just further confirmation that he's definitely... Whatever's going on, Ray is a uh, party to it. Yeah. Well, no, no, we'll, we'll find that out later, but they could just be friends. But yeah, it makes more sense that Ray is his inside man on the Minerva. Mir is doing some secret agent shit, though, listening <laughs> in on them. And he's like, yeah, there are some things I want to talk to you about you in great detail. And then Mir sees this photograph just on the floor. Yeah, why is it on the floor? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. There. I think this is one of those situations where Durundle knew Mir was in like the set of rooms, and so he left it there because he figured she'd be out. That is to get such a to run. convoluted play. Yeah, I don't think that's the play either. I don't think Durundle wanted Atherin on the run. I think he wanted to catch him by surprise. I don't think this is 3D chess. I think this is carelessness. It's just How so did careless. How get there? Well, I assume Durundle brought this stuff with him. And it probably just fell out of a file. Yeah, it is the picture of Atherin hanging out with the crew of the Archangel, by the way, which Mir But before to. we see that... Somehow I forgot about that. No, we, we already saw the picture. No, before we in this... or Actually, before Mi Mir reacts to that, yeah. we get the eye catch. Yep. Shin Asuka! You may have won last year's Gundam Mania! You may have stabbed me through the chest, but you didn't stab me through the heart! Some of those people out there, they think I'm dead. I don't care what they think! If they're not raving Kira maniacs, I don't care about them! 
So a kind of mania 2016. I'm going to take you down, brother. We'll finish this off in a fight for freedom, justice, and destiny. Thank you for listening to 30 seconds of really bad Hulk Hogan impression. My throat is destroyed. Back to the episode. And I actually really like the way this scene is done because we then cut to Atherin brooding in his room in the rain. Like he does. Well, and he's, he's thinking about what's going on and specifically what Kira was talking about. He's like, yeah, are you sure Chairman Durendal's on the level? What's up with his fake lack is Klein? Yeah, so he's basically just flashing through everything that Durendal said and Kira said and basically like, Wow, Kira was right. And if you think about it, Athra made some really weak arguments at the time that he talked to Kira about this. Anyway, Mirror's at the door like, hey, Athra, I know you're in there. Open up. I, I see your brooding lights are off, but <laughs> luckily the chairman gave me a key to your room. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how she got wrong. in here. I figured that the door was just unlocked. He's like, she comes in and is like, I knew I'd find you brooding here because this is where you always go. I, you're handling this all wrong. You're not acting excited enough. And Atherin hisses at the light like a vampire. And she's like, hey, you gave the chairman the completely wrong reaction. He's on to you. If you don't get down there, they're going to be suspicious of you. Shin has been like fine tuning the destiny ever since he saw it. Like, you need to go act excited, too. And Atherin's like, suspicious of what? And she's like, hey, they're saying you won't do. And he's like, what? And then she pulls up the, the picture that he has. Which makes Athen realize, oh shit, I was spied on. He's like, anyway, Sharon is talking to that Ray guy. You know, like, blonde hair. No personality. Anyway. <laughs> Ray's a crusade. Here's a uh, flashback to it. And I actually really like that this isn't a flashback. It's ah! literally, Athen won't do. Um, okay. Yeah, he's like, his feelings for the Archangel and Freedom are stronger than you suspected. And Durendal's like, he's also just a soldier, but he has a tendency to, like, mope and brood and dwell on the unnecessary. Like you some know, sort of Kira Yamato. Well, dwell on the, you know, the natural human reaction of these are people. It's like, and that's killing his great talent. He's like, maybe it's Kira Yamato's fault. Maybe now that he's dead, we can. Uh, <laughs> Their encounter has made Atherin an unfortunate person. I also Which is really what he love... referred to Kira Yamato as. Yeah. I love how shell-shocked Mir's face is. Also, unfortunate person, the way they're translating this from Japanese, because this pops up in a lot of anime, is actually a specific word. There's not a great translation for it in English. Honestly, it makes sense that Mira would be shell-shocked, because here's Durundle basically saying people are only of any use so long as they're useful to me. But he's like, yeah, Kira's not alive anymore, so maybe we can manipulate him. And Ray's like, no, he's alive. And Durundle's like, shit, really? Uh, you didn't kill him. He's like, he's alive in Kira's heart. Or, unless Kira's Atherin, alive in Atherin's heart. Unless, unless Atherin kills Kira himself, he'll stay alive in his heart. Oh, a metaphor. Okay. I don't have to worry about that guy then. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. You gave me a spook there. But that is going to be a problem. Where, where did they get some of these shots? Because there's like a close-up of Kira, of uh, Kira's face and a close-up of Kigali's face. We know where Luna Mario was sitting. Zoom. Yeah, I was going to say Enhance. Zoom does exist. Enhance. Zoom. Enhance. <laughs> Different Zoom. angle. Yeah, I mean, she was behind them. She was on a rock. They, they, they were very, you know, fluid as they talked. They Not really. Just... They were always looking like uh, Kigali moved around, but Kira and Atherin were basically standing in the same places the entire time. And he was like, hey, if I charge him with a crime, can I leave the rest of you? And Ray's like, yes, sir. So Mir's like, see, things aren't good. You're in trouble. And Atherin's like, well, shouldn't Shit. have waited so long. He's moving faster than I thought. And Mir's like, you have to show the chairman he's wrong. Otherwise, and, uh, and Athens like, like immediately they like the gazpacho's at the door. Like, hey, gazpacho? <laughs> the Gestapo? <laughs> no, the gazpacho, the delicious cold soup, shows up at the door. The Gestapo's at the door. You how can't how could they possibly else. have guessed that I was in my room moping? 
Like, this is security. We'd like to ask you some questions. And Mir looks, looks horrified. Mir, yeah, well, Mir looks horrified. Atherin is just like, yeah, I expected this. It's like, yeah, he knows exactly where I'd go to mope. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to just be his pet mobile suit pilot. And then we get some images of Ray. Not ones that Atherin saw, but... And also Shen fading from that. Well, it's basic, it's Atherin basically finally making a decision. Even if I agree with what he says. And Mir is terrified of that. And the guy's kicking the door. Well, they hear the window smashed. And so yeah, they, and so they, they actually shoot their way in through the lock. Although I love how Mir is just standing there and Atherin comes out of nowhere. Well, she looks so meek in the corner, like repulsed from it. And they're like, ah, oh, up to some mischief, are we? As they, they do the broken window. So they climb out after him and Atherin's like... Atherin waits for the third guy. because yeah, Atherin Atherin knows how to do this. He's uh, a special forces. That's what I wrote forces. this down for. This wasn't about the later scene. This is about him being Batman. Batrin. Oh, Batman. oh ba- okay, Batrin. Oh, okay, I get you. <laughs> but yeah, like he waits for the third guy and then takes everybody out because... Because they're looking in the other direction. You always go for tail and Charlie. And now he's got a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. He goes back for Mir because, like, Mir helped him. They know she was there. And he's like, all right. They're running down the balcony in the rain where she's like, Atherin, what are you doing? Why? And he's like, do you not get it? He's only interested in people who will play the roles he gives them. He needs a Lacus Klein right now. And he needs a mobile suit pilot right now. As soon as he doesn't need us, he's going to get rid of us. Yeah, he won't need you to do that forever. And you'll eventually you'll be a liability. And I love how she thinks of like her Sailor Moon transformation. Like we gave this scene a bunch of shit when we first saw it with her like throwing her hair out and the way her like gown shows off her butt. But I love to her. It's like literally a transformation. Into Lacus. Yeah. Which is actually basically what she says after that. She's like, but I'm Lacus. And like we get a bunch of like flashbacks of things we haven't seen of her doing makeup and such and talking with the band. And yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm Lacus. And he's like, mirror. And she's like has a violent reaction to the name in the rain. It's very dramatic. And she starts yelling, I'm Lacus. And, when we and get then we actually see of... what she looks, what she looked like. Oh, I assume that was her producer or something no. doing a mic check. Yeah, that's her. Oh, okay. Well, then I... and they dyed the heck out of her hair. So uh, among other things. And she yells that she'd rather be Lacus. And Atherin's like, but you're not. And she's like, I don't care. Even if it's just a role, like it's fine if I get to play it as long as I do it right. Right. What's wrong with being an actor? And the answer to that is. Nothing really, but he is going to kill you in a couple years. Well, it's basically the same. It's the reverse of the decision Atherin has made. I'm not going to be a pawn. And Mir is making the choice, obviously, of what's wrong with being a pawn. They're even more talking about roles, because we get a bunch of flashbacks to Atherin being Alex Dino, which we didn't see enough of to really say, like, that was a different person, right? That was just a fake name, he assumed. And he did decide, no, I'm going to be Atherin Zala. I'm going to embrace what's good about that and what's bad about that. But it is kind of a different thing because Alex Dino is not a literal person. Yeah, it's it's just Atherin again. She's like, yeah, you should come back to Atherin. Come on, play the role of Atherin. I feel like it's a little bit late at this point after they send armed guards after him. But... Yeah, she's clearly in denial about it. She doesn't get it. And she like offers his hand. like In the on, same way you. that Atherin offered his hand to her before. Yeah. And Atherin just like tries one more time. It's like, Mir, come on. And then he can see he's not getting through to her. So he runs off. I really like that scene. Yeah, it's great. Because then she like slumps down and he starts her crying, crying the on, the, on the rain. Yeah, or in on the stairs in the rain. Cut to some tactical people saying, hey, you've secured the exits, right? So let's start checking rooms. I love how they're talking about this. And there's just a couple of guys over there. Yeah, well, And also Mir and Abby are just. Oh, actually, that's not Abby. That's the nurse that Shin beat up. Are just here too. Who is Abby? Uh, she's another person on the bridge. She's blonde. We've heard Gladys say her name like three times. Okay. I mean, I don't think they've named him while they're talking about this, but like, we prefer to restrain him, but if we can't, we have to shoot to kill. Yeah. 
but they haven't, like I said, name dropped him yet. And Mehran's like, ooh, juicy goss. If she blinks once at it, which is so, how you can know that she's interested. Well, and then Mehran goes back to her room and it's gets like, on her computer. It's like, time to check Zaft book. See what's going on. Well, I mean, it makes sense, like, because they're talking about it. It's, something's clearly going on. And then Athor just breaks in, or doesn't break in, but he comes in the front door. And, and this is the scene of Mehran on her computer I alluded to earlier, that one YouTuber I watched just whenever he talks about, like, buying something online or going to his <laughs> computer, uses this clip of Mehran. <laughs> yeah, so she, like, looks over and Athor's all drenched, carrying a machine gun and is like, oh, sorry, I'm just passing through. And she's like, hey, Athor. I, like her reaction, especially in the dub, but I think even in the original, is like, "Oh my god, it's like all my dreams." <laughs> well, and then he, and, and they then came he, real, you know, does the whole like puts his hand on her mouth and is like, "Okay, you got to be quiet. I'm just passing through. If you don't say anything, you can pretend you never, you can pretend you never saw me." Well, what he says is, "I just want to get outside, so please keep quiet." And she like gets scared for a moment, but then nods. I mean, he trusts her, so he let's go. And she's like, "Hey, why are you being chased? What's going on?" Swiftly, of course. He's like, "Have Ray fill you in some other time." And I definitely get the feeling that the reason why he's doing, why he's saying that is because yeah. like, she can't reveal what she doesn't know. And the less she knows, the less people are going to think she's complicit. Yes. But security is here immediately because they have the Atherin scent. That room brooding angst, you know, it just gives off a scent that's very attractive to Hawk girls, but it makes <laughs> him very easy to find. It, it's possible that this is the first room in the hallway and he ducked into the yeah, literally the first room because he was trying to get it back outside. It just happens to be Mehran's. It just happens to be Mehran's. And Mehran was not in this room a second ago, so I mean, maybe they hear. I actually inside. assume there's like, like security's just sweeping the hall or something. Well, that's what I was saying. Is yeah. that, like they're probably sweeping the hall and this might be the first room on the, in the hall. And you're like, open the door and Athens like, hey, as soon as I jump out the window, scream, tell him I threatened you with a gun. Which is not technically entirely incorrect because he, he is carrying her. a gun he's not he's not threatened her with it and though. she's like what the hell's going on like why are you doing that and she's like no i want to be a main character i want to be your love interest so come this way i'm gonna do an action i have not done anything this entire series it's time for me to do a thing i actually really like Mayron for a lot of reasons and this is part of it so like hey anybody in there and she's like ah one moment and then she turns on the shower as if they wouldn't notice that it suddenly started running. I don't think they can hear it. I, especially with the rain going outside. Yeah. <laughs> she starts stripping it out and it's like, oh God, what's going on? So suddenly she doesn't care about her image at all. She gets her hair wet, grabs a towel, and Luna walks up like, hey, sup guys? <laughs> a dude breaks, like, I, I get the feeling like he starts to, you know, break in the door and then she opens it as he's doing that. And she goes full airhead with her hair wet and... Luna's just staring at her like, Mayron, what the hell are you doing wearing just a towel to the door? <laughs> and the tactical guys are like, um, this is not what we were expecting. And she's like, oh, like, hi, sis. I was, like, taking a shower, but then they wouldn't stop banging on the door. I thought they were going to, like, break it, and that would have been totally embarrassing, you know. So, like, figured I'd answer it. I have to wonder. The Luna Maria glare. I get yeah. the feeling if Luna Maria wasn't here, they'd have just searched the room anyway. It's yeah. quite possible. I love that Luna is like, what are you doing to my sweet, innocent baby sister? I also, like, Luna probably outranks all these guys, too, right? Well, yeah, because she's a red. That's how the Zaf chain of command works. What color is above red on the Zaf chain of White. command? Oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Luna Maria is like, go back inside and put clothes on. You look ridiculous. That is an order. And like, what's going on anyway? Come on, guards. You have to tell me. I outrank you. Like, well, um, yeah, the stuff. Anyway, we're and hunting then, the cool like, spot. Mayron just collapses. Yeah, I love how much like that took out of her. Like a puppet with her strings cut. Yeah, and she's shaking. 
And after puts a coat over her and is like, Jesus Christ, thanks. Also, why? <laughs> what was that? My plan and would have worked fine. Her only response is, I don't know. To be fair, that's a very human response. So <laughs> this whole thing is very. Well, she wanted to help him. I, I get the feeling like from the beginning, she's wanted to help Atherin. Yeah, it's like what I've talked about the scene of her just like staring at him while he broods. There's been that brewing in the background this entire time. And he's like, well, you saved my life, so I owe you. But also, I do need to leave with my machine gun. And she grabs him by the foot as he's going. And he's like, she's like, hey, the hangar. Give me a minute and I can get you there. We did mention before, like, actually, I don't know if we mentioned this on the podcast, but you and I have talked about, like, why not take the legend? Uh, there, there is good reason for it in this episode. Yeah, that's that, that. I was like, oh, that explains that one. Yeah, it's just the reason I brought that up is that YouTuber I was talking about during COVID for a while, he was doing a question every day, like YouTube stream, and someone asked, why didn't Atherin steal the legend Gundam? And he's like, so you're asking me to defend the quality writing of the second half of Gundam Seed Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's actually a good reason for why he didn't go for the uh, the legend. Yeah, and even he brings, you know, he goes on. It's not, that's not the end of the video, but. So, Maren's like, I'm going to do a hacking into the base's mainframe, and then we'll set off alarms somewhere so they'll think you're there. I would like to know how she knows how to do this, because this is not at all related to her skill set. We will find out she's an intelligence officer. Okay. Oh, really? Yes, next I episode. didn't remember that about Why didn't her? they send her to go spy on him instead hey, of Hey, remember Luna? when Aluna was spying on them, and I said it would make way more sense if maybe... Marin was doing now it, it makes more that sense. that would make yeah. way more sense yeah and also like this whole relationship between atherin and Marin, i also think is much better set up by... that would also make a lot more sense as to why she could get to atherin's personnel file before yeah and also her like quietly wanting to help him but like not being able to speak because of gladys being like hey forget all that yep yeah that would have made way more sense yeah but I guess we needed to keep Luna in the show. I, I think so. that could easily describe Gundam Seed Destiny. That would have made way more sense. So she sets up alarms in the harbor. Like, how'd he get there? So they, including Ray, now with machine gun. Buy well, all our playsets and toys. They, it's um, probably also, like, all hands on deck. Yeah. Well, and Ray, we already know, is in the know. Well, Shen and the other mechanics from the Mirror are still hanging out with the Destiny. So Marin has suited up, and he's like, hey, I'll bring a car around when you see it. Come out. Like, this is on the one hand, not a bad idea because it'll let them move faster. But on the other hand, people start wondering what Mayron is doing out there. And so they call the Minervans like, yeah, we don't have the details yet. But Atherin suddenly shot one of the guards and is trying to escape. And Gladys is like, I get the feeling like Gladys is like, that doesn't make any <laughs> yeah. sense. Look, look, I can imagine uh, Atherin committing some crimes. Not those crimes. I could, I could guard, imagine no. Atherin trying to leave. But... Atherin wouldn't shoot a fly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Atherin would definitely punch somebody, but Atherin wouldn't shoot anybody that wasn't shooting at him. Are so sure? why did you start shooting at Atherin? Are you sure you don't mean Shin? Because I could believe it if it was Shin. And they're like, yeah, we doubt he's going for the Minerva, but we're telling you just in case. We may need to borrow range in, depending how things go. I do like how Atherin is, like, crouched down behind her. It's a good idea. And I love this driving sequence with the wipers going a million miles a minute as Mayron tries to drift the Mayron mobile <laughs> to the hangar. <laughs> Although I feel like if Atherin was actually thinking about this, he would have the gun pointing the other direction. Towards make her? It, yeah, yeah to make it look. more look like he was threatening her. Because he is trying to protect her. So she Tokyo drifts through an intersection. And but Ray <laughs> notices Well. I mean, it makes sense. Like, what the hell is going on with that car? And where's Mayron going? He's like, does she have the munchies too? Because, man, I could totally go for some. <laughs> is there a McDonald's on base? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, a Whack Donald? No, wait, McDonald's was a sponsor of Gundam Seed Destiny. Uh, not, I forgot about that. Not Pizza Hut, though. Like, later yeah. sunrise animations. <laughs> yeah, so, they're just asking, like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, she's like, hey, what's going on? They're like, oh, we don't know. There's some sort of spy. There's a spy is almost... I mean, 
They're not technically wrong. Yeah. Atherin is a member of Faith, and it's kind of a spiral. Yeah, so. he's double O Atherin. He's got secret spy fluid, and he's trying to escape. I'm sorry, did you say spy fluid? Another red versus blue joke. Okay. <laughs> I think it's actually secret spy liquid, but in my head it was secret spy fluid. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense when they are ta- when they tell Shin, you know, with parts of the Alliance joining us, telling him a spy is loose. I mean, with the whole mess that they're getting themselves into with all these different people showing up, it'd be really easy to get a spy in there. And honestly, they probably haven't even told that guy you're actually looking for Atherin. So yeah. I would say if Mayron was just driving like a normal person, it would have been way less suspicious. Yeah, I don't know, because nobody else noticed it was just Ray. So even if she was driving normally, and honestly, I've gone through lights almost like that. Drifting around the corner She wasn't in the drifting. Rain. She heard she fishtailed. So anyway, she drives him through the secret goof on the other end of the heart, opposite from the heart. It's just a ha- it's just a hanger yeah. with a bunch of goofs in it. And she's like, "Oh, you sure that?" He's like, "Yeah, I read your work record and saw that picture of Rusty, and also that you were sad." And I don't know, maybe if you don't die, you can be my boyfriend someday. I, I mean, <laughs> I do like how throughout this entire time she has her hair down. Yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, if you don't leave, you're gonna get killed, and I don't want that." And then Ray does a James Bond ass jump into the open part of the hangar, and Atherin has to dive to. Well, Atherin bring uses down. that Secret Service training he got for Kigali to get down Mr. President Mehran. Yeah. I'm really surprised Ray didn't bring the guards. He was I think in that the reason truck. why Ray didn't bring the guards is number one, he wants to take Atherin on his own. And number two, I think he went here because, like, this is a hunch, but I can't justify taking a full squad of guards to, uh, on yeah. a hunch. That's more how I got it. Because so, he didn't actually see Atherin in that. That's fair. And then Ray's like, so I'm going to needle you about your insecurities that I think you have. He's like, yeah, never betrayed anyone my ass. To be fair, they betrayed him first. <laughs> yeah, Shar has always followed his beliefs. <laughs> He's like, I see you've decided to run away again. And Atherin's like, hey, Ray. He's like, I won't forgive you've you. Cho- you've chosen to betray Gil. Who shot at who first here? He shoots a bunch of computers they're taking cover behind. And Rathen's like, hey, if there's a Mayron here, please don't shoot her at least. I, I love how his, his thing is not stop shooting and let's talk this out. It's stop shooting because you might hit Mayron. So he starts returning fire. Because Ray doesn't stop. Ray does not care about Mayron. They get a, a cool, you know, this is very Star Wars Battlefront 2. Lots of action rolls while they shoot at each other. Atherin gets a perfect shot on Ray's gun. Well, I also get the feeling Atherin has been trained for this kind of combat. I don't think Ray has. It because be. we've seen Atherin do this yeah, before. When he stole the Aegis. When he, when they stole the And the also when he uh, infiltrated uh, Genesis at the end of Seed. And when he was protecting Kigali. I would definitely believe that he went through training. And we've seen him already be better than Ray at this kind of thing when they were training on the Minerva. Yeah, and you know, there were all those gun range scenes. Yep. And I like how, as a reflection of when he offered his hand to Mir, he offers his hand to Mehran. And she, she immediately no jumps hesitation. up. She's like, oh my god, I get to hold hands with Atherin and sit on his lap in a mobile suit? Hell yes. I am all for this. Ray grabs his gun as they're like going up an elevator, and apparently he's not nearly good enough of a shot to shoot or hit one of them. As he doesn't even in, get in. one in the cockpit to damage the inside of the cockpit. I love how Atherin's first thing to Marin is, I'm sorry, but if I leave you behind, they will kill you. So Ray gets out his cell phone and calls Shin, the only guy in his contact list. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, get the Destiny and Legend ready to take off. He's really lucky that Atherin isn't ruthless, because the first thing I'd probably do in that case is him? waste him and yeah. then leave. To be fair, Ray almost certainly knows that. I feel like part of the reason Ray's confident going alone is he's like, Atherin's not going to 
to kill me. Well, also, well, he Atherin he probably figures Atherin would shoot him, but when he's running away like that, he knows Atherin isn't the kind of person who is ruthless enough to shoot a man like that. Yeah, he might kill somebody in combat, but he's not going to shoot someone in cold blood when they can't do anything to defend themselves. Then we cut to Shin taking the call, and there's just an extremely confused mechanic standing. Well, wouldn't him. you be? Because that mechanic probably answered the phone. <laughs> And he's like, Shin, and the guy had to be like, hey, Shin, you got a call. And he's like, why the hell is someone calling for Shin at the mechanic? He's like, why? He's like, a fugitive has run off with one of our mobile suits. And also, we're going after it. And Shin's like, that, what? I love how Shin isn't like immediately on board. He's like, what the hell is going on? Uh, Cut to a bunch of dramatic shots of Luna having a force ghost-like sense. I think think an alarm goes off. Like, as soon as Atherin takes off, I'm pretty sure another alarm sounds. So that's what causes the everybody to, what the hell's going on? As Mir watches the rain and Nairn's like, so uh, what's the plan? It's like, we're going to look for the Archangel. It's, but we we sunk that and Atherin's just like, bullshit, that ship is not destroyed. I bet Kira's alive as well. That you know how, to kill. I tried really hard. <laughs> you know how hard I tried in the last war to sink that ship and kill that son of a bitch? He's alive. Shin can't fucking Look, kill him. And Shin's good, but he ain't no Athens. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish he would have done that. That would have been amazing. Yeah, it would have been amazing, but it's not I an Athens like character. I like would have to jump on him and just start making out with him. <laughs> and, that, and that would be distracting. That would yeah, be a, but Atherin's good enough that he could still pilot the mobile suit. That would also be a moo move, if we're yeah. being honest. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. and so we get some glory shots of the destiny being raised out of the ground. As well as the legend. Ray ran here really fast. This place has to be kind of close to the hangar, I suppose. I would the hangar that that yeah. goof was in. Yeah. And he did probably have a vehicle nearby. Yeah. And so Ray calls the president, and he's like, yep, do it, Ray. I'm counting on you. And we see the legend's operating system as it is booting up. Gunnery United Nuclear Deturion Advanced Machine. These are actually new operating systems, I lied. The Deturion that is new. And so Shin powers his up too and is like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, yeah, why are we going after a spy? And Ray's like, don't let your guard down. The guy we're after is Athrin Sala. And like, (laughs) Shin's expression is like, I don't believe you. Like, Athrin wouldn't turn on us type of expression. Like, even though, even though Athrin hit him and was like very much against him, Partisan still believes in Athrin. Mm. Athrin, he never betrayed anyone, Zala? He <laughs> would betray us. We cut to Mayrin and Athrin in the cockpit, both looking very determined. Man, that is a roomy cockpit. It I'm, really is. So I'm confused where the hell Mayrin's legs are, because the I front like part of her standing. uniform is over Athrin's arm? I think that's a perspective. No, I'm not concerned with the roominess. No. I'm wondering where her legs physically are. I see why you're seeing this This yellow bit. Yeah. That's part of Athrin's uniform, not part of Mayrin's dress. Never mind, I'm totally okay with this. Because I thought that, you know, I get the feeling, because they're both looking very determined. I think Atherin knows he's in trouble, because he knows the first two they're going to scramble are the Destiny and the Legend. And he knows that Goof is probably not going to be able to outrun those. I don't know that he thinks Ray is going to go jump in the Legend and bring Shin with him to kill him. No, I I think he knows, if they're going to scramble somebody, the first ones they're going to scramble are the new ones. The ones that can catch him. Whether or not they're going to have... With a head start. Because a goof is not going to catch another goof because they've got the same power output. So what is your option? The Especially because he already knows pilots. that Shin is in the hangar. That's true. Because otherwise they'd have to scramble the pilots too. They know Shin is there. I'm just pretty sure next episode he's surprised us how when the Destiny and Legends show up. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Or maybe that was somebody's initial intent, but somebody else wrote it differently. And, I don't and, know. And also, like Shin is messing with settings still. I don't know that he thinks those are ready to launch right now. Atherin, I definitely didn't expect this to turn out this way, Zala. 
Maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, he also might not be thinking that far ahead because he wasn't really thinking that far ahead. Yeah, this is Mayron's plan, not his. <laughs> well, he didn't really have a plan other than run around like a no, chicken with the head cut off. I think you misspoke there. This is Mayron's fantasy, not his. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. So cut back to Shane. He's like, Atherin, you are kidding. And now he looks distraught. Well, yeah, because like, even though Atherin, like, he didn't get along with Atherin for a good chunk of the secondary time here, like, Atherin is still kind of his hero and like, after a fashion. And like a League of Legends player whose teammates are throwing, his only reaction is, why? Why would he do that? Why, Fiora? Why would you teleport to the end of the enemy team when we told you they were all missing? And that's the episode. And as Tyler's notes say, this like happy sort of ending song does not really fit with this. And it starts playing as they're flying away in the guff. Yeah. Which is weird. I mean, it's because that's where the episode ends, but yeah. this, it's a little dissonant. Uh, whereas, you know, Gundam Seed, and to be fair, also Destiny, usually, are pretty good about using the ending theme and matching the end of the episode with that. But there's, like, no way to do it with this tense moment. and this Unless you were to use a specific ending for this episode. Yeah. And this, like, very sorrowful ending that's been a very good kicker for things like Stella dying and Kira dying. In but this is more, films. like, dramatic and action-y. Yeah. They try to do it with, like, ending on Shin's, like, emotional reaction of, like, why would he do that? But that's still, like, a gut punch to Shin, and so it doesn't really fit with the music. Which is not a huge criticism, you know, you gotta use the music you got. You chose this, you're stuck with it. It's just something that, like, Code Geass, I feel like that first ending is fire, and they're super good at using it. And then every other ending after that, like, is not really great for what Code Geass is doing. I am super looking forward to getting to Code Geass and my little adventure there, because I... And top of that, I have Akito the Exiles, which I've actually never watched. So have they released the next season of Code Geass 10 years after the... You mean the movie? It was a movie. Oh, was it a movie? Okay. Yeah. I and it was the answer season. is yes. I and I own it. it. I haven't good. seen it yet. Okay. Maybe we could do that for a Patreon bonus episode, just the movie, since we've none of us have seen it. Lelouch, Jesus of the B- Rebellion. Well, look, I, I still want that Gundam Seed Destiny sequel movie that's never going to happen, and that would be more than 10 years later. And that does it for the episode. Um... So I, I already asked you kind of, Tyler, but my tradition is to say, what did you think? So No, I liked it. Um, pretty much any time Atherin gets to do spy shit, I'm really into it, which doesn't happen super often throughout this, these shows, but... Well, they also don't do a whole lot of stuff outside of mobile suits. All right. So do you have a high point, Tyler? I think it is very specifically when, or the, I guess, mirroring of Atherin offering his hand and how quickly Mayrin takes it. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't need a speech. Atherin's like going through his head like, oh, how am I going to convince her that she'll be in danger if she said, oh, wow, she's already holding my hand. <laughs> oh, I guess we got to start running now. And then they run off to the TARDIS and yeah. that's how the series ends. Yeah. Dude, dude. Look, the Doctor Who ending theme would be way better suited for this <laughs> end of this episode. Zach? I got to go with when he's talking to Mir on the catwalk because that scene is just great. Like, it leads into that mirroring that Tyler's talking about. But I love how, like, she offers Atherin his hand, like, you have to come back. And Atherin's like, no, you gotta come with me. Since you guys took the obvious ones, I'm gonna take Luna's face when a bunch of thugs <laughs> break the door of her little sister's room while her little sister is taking a shower. <laughs> oh, that is a gr- I love that, that glare she gives the dude. Runner-up, though, to Durundle's speech, which I think completely falls flat on a first viewing, but I find very interesting on a subsequent one. Tyler, do you have a low point? 
how the hell that random photo that Mir found ended up on the floor right outside of Rundle's office, where also... I think uh, that's in Rundle's office. I think she, like, ducks in to hide in, like, his office, and he's, like, in more of a lounge. Does in his office? Well, there's a piano and a couch there. I think it's a set of rooms. Anyway, also, I was going to point out that he had all the other pictures just kind of, like, arranged <laughs> on the table. His air conditioning kicked on and, moved, <laughs> and blew that one over there. It's his Pepe Silva board. How to Kill a Lackis Climbing the Kiriyama by Rundle Gilbert. Zach. I'm trying to think, because, like, I want to say Atherin not calling Rundle out on his bullshit, but at the same time, that's very in character for Atherin. It is, yes. I think I might have to go with Ray just immediately assuming something's up by seeing Mir go by or Mayron go by. At least it makes sense, like, from a storytelling perspective, right? That it, unless uh, somebody, like, it would make a lot more sense if somebody mentioned, like, if we saw Luna and Maria talking to Ray before they move out like that. So it's like, she mentions, I just came from Mayron's room. She yeah. was taking a shower and yeah. now he passes her out out in a vehicle although like there's there are ways you could do that without making him basically seem like he's got esp if my hunch that ray is a rao clone is correct then he's also a new type but atherin's not well new types can still have yeah you, you only have, have new type reactions to other new types but you can still like oh, intuition is a big part i don't actually know how I, how new types really work uh, imagine jedi from original trilogy yeah except for like no moving like less overt than that even it's okay. bullshit that magic of, yeah Okay. But that sort of subtle, sort of, you just do the right thing, kind of by impulse. And like I said, I, I, I'm not trying to take it away as a low point for you, but at least they do the storytelling work. If they have that shot of Ray that tells you, you know, if you're story literate at all, he is suspicious of this. I, I Like, I get that. They do yeah. their homework on that count. But yeah. I think they could really help reinforce it as to why it seems suspicious that Mayron's out here. Because, like, Mayron could be out running an errand for somebody else. Ray like, multi-class into Bard. He just doesn't do it very often, <laughs> but he knows how stories are structured. I'm going to take a broad one again. It's something we brought up, but it's the Mayron getting involved now. Like, and I like it. Don't get me wrong. Like we said, Mayron is like the sleeper hit character of Destiny that, like, because of all her reactions and stuff. And it's cool that she gets to be involved in the story. But again, like, now she can hacking. And again, that will get explained, but has not been set up. And I think if you set her up as the spy... A lot of that is a lot easier to believe that she yeah. knows how to do this. It would have also added a lot more tension to all those times she wanted to talk to Atherin, but mm -hmm. didn't. Yeah, because there was already a point of reference for Luna Maria and Atherin because they're both mobile suit pilots. They both interact with that on that count. And there's already the tension there between Mayron wants to talk to Atherin and Luna gets to talk to Atherin. But like I said, I think that just is a better bridge. Final thoughts, Tyler? Like I said, I really like any episode where Atherin gets to do super spy stuff and... Uh, this one's just pretty solid all around. It's got a good mix of action and tension and a little bit of intrigue. Zach? I love Mayron. I love that she's involved more now. Like, I I, I adore Mayron. I, I, she's my, probably my favorite character in Destiny. And Her and Luna Maria. Yeah, I would say Luna's up there, too. And but. like I said, I think mine's Mir, because I feel like she's a character with, like, a full arc. And she's been, I don't want to say one note up to this point, because honestly, she hasn't had a lot of appearances. Yeah, and, and her. The, the two, like, two of the big female characters being really involved in this episode. I, I was going to say, I, I'm more interested in what will happen to Mir after this than I am in, like, her right this second. Yeah. But, like, this is forward momentum. Like, even the stuff with her picking up what Athens putting down when he yells at the chairman and, like, we see her empathy. Yeah. And, like, that she has a genuine caring for him, even though she's basically playing this role of, hey, I'm your girlfriend. Um, Like, she's actually kind of attached to him as a person. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, she has also forced herself into his company for 
at least several hours over the course of a few weeks. So, But she also seems to genuinely care for him because she goes and tells him, hey, you need to like you need to do more because they're not they don't trust you. Oh, yeah. No, my thing was supposed to be supporting evidence for that is like she's actually spent time with him alone and like presumably talked to him about stuff. We just haven't gotten any of that on screen. It's just been implied. All right. So that will do it for this week. Next week, we watch Phase 37, Thunder in the Dark. It's a metaphor. Also, a really good song title. But Rainbow in the Dark is a better song title and, and ah, a good song. Dang, I don't even know what song that is. Rainbow in the Dark by Dio. We can listen to that real quick before my turn. I didn't know Dio had any other songs. <laughs> it might not be Dio. See, now, now I'll be wrong about that. <laughs> uh, but if you want to yell at me about being wrong, you'll have to join us next week. Until then, we have to keep watching and attributing songs to artists. Those are our destinies. if they decided to betray us all at once. <laughs> uh, oopsie. Oh, for think before you open your mouth, Arthur.